Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. How are you today? The sun is once again up. So <clears throat> today is the twenty fourth. Uh, today's topic is uh, on gratitude. Mm. On gratitude. So the topic itself uh, two persons to be grateful to. Yeah. Who was there when we were born, cared for us when we were sick, showed us the way, uh, the world, be our pot in the stormy sea, a shelter in the storm. Yeah. Uh, of course it should be our father and mother. Oh, it should be our father and mother. Uh, so today we will go through once more uh, one of the sutta that I've uh, that we come back to again and again. I think it's uh, something that is very meaningful for us to uh, revisit. Uh, let me just get it up. So this is the uh, Kata New Suttas, mm. the Kata New Sutta. So um, <clears throat> in this Sutta, there are actually two parts to it. The first part is on um, integrity. Yeah. Uh, so the Buddha in this Sutta, this is this Sutta is from the Anguttara Nikaya. So. The denotation AN stands for Anguttara Nikaya. Oh. I don't have to rewrite that. And it's under Book 2 and Sutta 31 and 32. So Sutta 31 is actually the part on integrity. on integrity. Let me just adjust the pen be a bit thicker. Yeah. So in this sutta, uh, the Buddha um, highlights that uh, there are different kind of people, that there's one kind of people that has uh, no integrity and then there's those with uh, integrity. So those with no integrity are those who are ungrateful and unthankful. Yeah. So this ingratitude, this lack of thankfulness is evocated by rude people. Uh, it is entirely on the level of people of no integrity. So then this is so this is the first set. And the second set is a person of integrity is grateful and thankful. This gratitude, this thankfulness is advocated by civil people. It is entirely on the level of people with integ of integrity. Yeah. 
So then uh, on this basis, then the Buddha um, in another sutta, uh, which is back to back with this, um, highlights that there are two people yeah, who are not easy to repay. So who are these two? Yeah, of course, it is our mother and father. Why is it to draw a straight line like this? Huh? <laughs> Let me try to draw a straight line here. Okay. Sing it. Yeah, the trouble with this is it's a tablet, so it's a starless tablet. So I'm looking at the screen and then my hand is on the table. So it's hard to gauge how how straight the line should would be. Uh, it takes a bit more practice than this. Yeah. This is very straight. <laughs> or if I were to ink to shape, maybe this might be better. saying yeah so the Buddha goes on to describe that even if you were to carry your mother on one shoulder and your father on the other shoulder for a hundred years yeah uh, without going further just imagine carrying them for a hundred years not to mention hundred years even if we carry them for one year even for one month even carrying them for one one day I think we'll be struggling huh? Uh, but our father and mother, they carry us yeah, when we are younger. Of course, we can say that, oh, well, that's when we are younger and we are a baby, right? Mm. But the Buddha goes on to say that, now, if even if you were to carry them for a hundred years and were to look after them by anointing, uh, massaging, bathing, rubbing their limbs, yeah, and they were to defecate and urinate there, right there on your shoulders, you will not in that way pay or repay your parents. So this is the first section here. So even if you take care of your parents for 100 years in this way, you still haven't repaid their parents. So what else can you do? If you were to, to establish your mother and father in absolute sovereignty over this great earth, abounding in the seven treasures, you will not in that way pay or repay your parents. Yeah. So, that's to say, if you somehow manage to make your parents the, the ruler, yeah, yeah, absolute sovereignty, that means they are, the, they are the ruler of this whole earth. Uh, at the first place, we are not even the ruler of the whole earth. Uh, but imagine if you can do that, yeah, and so that they can have absolute power over everything in, on the whole earth. So basically, you can give whatever you can give them in a worldly way, you you give them, okay. In other words, but yet you still cannot uh, pay or repay your parents. Yeah. So, so this is usually the focus. Uh, this is usually the focus when we look at this sutta. Yeah, on the greatness of our parents but there's also this other part which is uh, the question of why 
what about them that makes them so worthy? What about them that uh, makes them so uh, precious? Yeah, that we should be so grateful to them. Uh, so the Buddha poses this question: Why is that? Why is that? So the reason is, mother and father, yeah, do much for their children. They care for them, they nourish them, they introduce them to the world. Yeah. In other words, uh, the last part should be on educating them. Uh, of course, in today's context, uh, part of that job is done by the school. Yeah. And then we have childcare, we have preschool, we have kindergarten, and all the different schools that we send our children to. So this is the the uh, the reason the Buddha gave. Oh. So first, they do much for their children, and these are some examples of what they do for children. Just the first two, oh. so caring and nourishing them. Yeah. So this caring is you can look at caring as uh, an emotional love. Yeah. And then nourishing can be seen as the material. Uh, material love and then introduce them to this world that's the education part yeah, covering all different aspects uh, so don't look at these three parts as just three things huh? this basically cover everything you can think of that parents would do for us yeah. just the first one caring for us that covers a lot of things uh, the, the amount that they give thought for our well well being, yeah. The consideration they give for us. Mm. Uh, so, so this is the second part, yeah. The rationale, the reasoning, um, and this part there's actually two two implications, yeah. Uh, one is that because of that kindness, then uh, we we it's a very um, uh, natural thing that because they are so kind to us so we should be grateful to them but there's the, also the implication yeah, uh, that on the reverse then <laughs> the onus is on parents to be like that yeah. their father their mother and father should be doing much for their children <laughs> they should be caring for them nourishing for them and Introducing them to this world or educating them, in other words, mm. uh, many times we think about the gratitude part in the one direction. Yeah. So, if you are the children, then we only think about how to be grateful to our parents. But what about when you have already started a family and you are the parent? Maybe you are you are married but not having kids yet. Yeah. Or maybe you have gotten married and you already have kids and they are still young. Or maybe your kids have already grown up in their teens. Or maybe the, your kids are if, uh, already adults. And perhaps your kids are already um, you know, um, settled down in their own family. And perhaps your kids even have children. Your grandparent, your, your grandparent already. In which case then, when we look at this sutta, 
uh, whether towards our parents it, we shouldn't look at this just as a reminder for gratitude towards our parents as well yeah we should also then look at it and say how have we as parents made ourselves worthy for others yeah for our children and even grandchildren to have gratitude towards us have we um, done much for them have we cared for them have we nourished them have we educated them introduced them to this world yeah um, also this second part there's these two directions yeah um, when we look at the first part uh, I think this is talking about the extreme case yeah so to bring it to the furthest that even if you do all that you cannot repay them oh. then we go to so that's the first part here and then the second part and now we go to the last part of this sutta but anyone who arouses his unbelieving mother and father settles and establishes them in conviction rouses his unvirtuous mother and father settles in and establishes them in virtue rouses his stingy mother and father establishes and uh, settles and establishes them in generosity rouses his foolish mother and father settles and establishes them in discernment to this extent one pays and repays one's mother and father so this is the last part yeah, so there's these four aspects yeah so this is the first part number one conviction number two virtue number three generosity number four discernment And if we look at this four, this is what uh, this is part three, and in Chinese we use these terms, xing, jie, shi, hui, xing jie shi hui. So we may, we ourselves may be uh, Buddhist, but our parents they may not be Buddhist. They may not have faith in the teachings. Yeah, uh, they may not have faith in the teachings of truth. And then we can help them to uh, arouse in them, yeah, this faith, this conviction. All this. Here, different texts sometimes they use different translation. Here, the word is. That is used is conviction, no? uh, faith in the Buddha, Dharma, and the Sangha, and then uh, faith in the uh, practices, yeah, which is part of the Dharma. Yeah. So, um, how to uh, how to help them to have faith? Uh, we must first have faith ourselves, yeah, and our faith should translate to ways that um, uh, that is positive for them that is wholesome for them so sometimes 
some students ask me, like, um, they tell me that they would like to uh, introduce the teaching to their parents, uh, but their parents are not too amiable to it. Sometimes they tell me, oh, I try to get my parents to go to a temple with me, yeah, or I try to share the Dharma with them, but they are not very open to, to the teachings. So then I asked them, I asked my students uh, whether they uh, whether they are on talking terms and sure enough um, in some cases they are not on talking terms in other cases then I asked them whether they spend time chatting with their parents and again they say no, I don't chit chat with them uh, some even say that they don't really have much to talk to their parents about. So then, <laughs> I'm like, uh, put yourself in your parents' shoe, shoes. Uh, uh, if, your, if your child don't even talk to you, um, and then out of the blue just come and tell you, oh, Buddhism is good, Dharma is good, come and learn Buddhism. Uh, why would you be open to that? Yeah. And if we ourselves in the same situation wouldn't be open to it, then why would our parents be? Yeah. Um, that's not to say that we, we talk to them simply out of the intention to, to try to get them to learn Buddhism or to have faith in Buddhism. But then the, the whole the, the, the teaching on um, the teaching of the Buddha, um, we should not, we should not be, uh, <laughs> we should not be ignoring our parents, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, now, if you look at the teachings, right, we we'll often talk about the jie ding hui. So when we learn the teachings, then we talk about uh, sila, we talk about samadhi, we talk about wisdom, panya. Yeah, or prajna. So then we talk about the noble eightfold path. Oh, so this is these are the precepts. Oh, sorry. No wonder how come this become a straight line. Precepts. We talk about um, development of tranquility. We talk about development of wisdom. Uh, usually, this is translated as uh, concentration, but uh, sometimes this word can be misleading. Uh. Mm. So when we look at the teachings and we learn Dharma, then we think, okay, this is all we need to do. Yeah. Then we learn about the noble eightfold path, path and tao. Eightfold path. Yeah. Uh, also known as the the right eightfold path, yeah. or the noble eightfold path. Um, I would prefer the enlightened eightfold path. So. If you look at all that, it doesn't talk about spending time with your parents, talking to them. Yeah, isn't it? But if you look at various suttas, 
the Buddha talk about um, caring for people. Yeah, uh, we learn about practicing of right speech. Yeah, caring speech, speaking at the right time. Yeah, so uh, if we learn so much, if you learn a lot of Dharma, and we care enough about our parents, uh, we should not first thing jump in and try to you know. Uh, preach the Dharma to them. Yeah, that shouldn't be the first thing. The first thing maybe we should do is get to know them as well. Yeah, to get to know them better. One exercise that I often do with uh, uh, students in the Dharma school is to ask them to um, uh, list down uh, things about their parents. Like what is the favorite food of your parents? Yeah. What is the favorite activity of your parents? What is the favorite color of your parents? Yeah. And quite often, yeah, uh, myself guilty as well in the past, I realized that as I was growing up, uh, we, we seldom stop and think about this. You know, we get to know new friends, we get to know new activities, new interests. It's all about the outside world. Yeah, we forget to look back in our family to the two person who is dearest to us and ask ourselves what do we know about them actually you know especially for young um, um, young students out there when I say students I don't mean like you're in still in school but those who are um, like let's say in your 20s or 30s and it may apply to you even if you're in your 50s or 60s like especially if you're in your let's say late teens or 20s and you start to take interest in um, friends yeah uh, and perhaps on an amorous level you will find that you are so curious about the other person you know you want to know everything about that person and you want to remember them yeah and you want to perhaps even uh, try to find common interests even if you are not interested you try to to, to, to be interested yeah, that's what we do for people that we are interested in isn't it yeah, that's why we say we are interested in that person so the question I uh, often ask people is so then what about our parents do we take interest in them now some may say no my parents are very boring <laughs> not interesting well Nobody is interesting by 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 themselves, you know. Yeah. The question is not so much whether our parents or someone is interesting. The question is, do they deserve our interest? And I think that can only be one answer. Yeah. Uh, if there's anybody in this world that deserve our interest, it should be our parents. Yeah. Especially those who are who are parents now with children, I see a lot of young couples posting like photos, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of photos and videos, more videos, uh, uh, Instagram moments, yeah, Facebook moments uh, of their children uh, sleeping, walking, talking, eating, every single thing, you know, yeah. I think it's wonderful. I think it's a very beautiful expression of uh, parent love 
uh, of one's love for their children. Um, but I often like to throw in the spana. Sometimes I see on Facebook students post, uh, you know, like the, how they are, they are, how 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 strongly they they care for their children and so on. And then I like to just post a comment and say, yeah. And likewise, our parents. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to say that these individuals that people who, who love their children so much don't love their parents yeah but i think sometimes if you if if out of a hundred posts hundred photos we take we take hundred photos or 90 photos of our children and maybe five of our parents um, that number does say something isn't it yeah um, not to not to not to question the 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 extent of our love for our parents, uh, but if if all we say is yeah I do love them but we don't express it, just as we want to express our love for our children, shouldn't we express our love for our parents? Perhaps we should not. Now of course there will be those who 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 have parents who don't appreciate it, you know, yeah especially the older parents, sometimes they can be very unappreciative. You buy things for them, then they criticize non-stop. They say, why you waste money, you know? And then you say, I want to take photo with them. They say, ah, don't take photo lah. Yeah. Then they have 101 excuses and reasons why you shouldn't take photo with them. Yeah. They'll say, oh, today is not a good day for taking photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they say strange things like this. Yeah. Or if, let's say, you and your wife, or husband want to take photo with them, yeah, and then they say, oh, three person cannot take photo, things like that, yeah. Um, but trust me, you, uh, regardless of whatever they say, deep down inside they do appreciate it, yeah. And we shouldn't just say, oh, because they said once or twice that they don't want to take photos, then we don't ever take photo with them, yeah. Take photos with them. Now I'm not suggesting that out of 100 photos we should take 90 photos of our parents and then only 10 photos of our kids. Yeah. I don't think there's any magic, magic number and I'm not saying that 90 is necessarily wrong but I wonder how much that um, that means in terms of the, the level that we express our, our love for our parents. Yeah. So if you just look at this, this last part is to help them to arouse faith in the triple gem so that they can uh, be open to practice the precepts and develop virtue yeah. and the, the heart may be softened to be open to be generous and so that then the mind is ready for the cultivation the development of wisdom but that is that would not be possible if we don't express our care and love for them yeah uh, our parents are by any chance probably not enlightened and unenlightened beings are not rational and unenlightened beings if they are rational they would have conviction virtue generosity and discernment already precisely because our parents 
and to men to a, to a, and ourselves we are not enlightened. So what are the features of unenlightened beings? Unenlightened beings, we decide mostly based on how we feel. We 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 sometimes say, oh, there are people who are who are rational, and there are people who are more who function more on their emotions. The truth is, as long as we are not enlightened, for the most part, our decisions are quite based on emotions. Uh, I'm not suggesting that there, there are no we we never make decisions based on rational uh, rationality, uh, yeah. But especially when it comes to um, such decisions, yeah. Uh, many times. Whether we listen to a person, we take the take heed of their advice or their suggestion has more to do with how we feel towards that person than the advice itself. That's why the Buddha has to teach us to rely on the principle, the teachings, and not simply on the person. Yeah. But that's precisely because being unenlightened, we tend to rely on the person. In what sense rely on the person? We rely on how we feel towards that person. Yeah. And so if we truly care for our parents, uh, then we have to ask ourselves, are we ready to befriend them? Are we ready to take interest in them? If we say that on one hand I, I care for them, I want the best for them, but yet we don't take interest in them, then these two are opposing yeah. yeah then 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 we are not true in our first statement yeah not true to the to the truest sense now and if i may extend this because this four actually applies to many other um, scenarios yeah for parents then perhaps it's also the duty of parents to arouse in our children who are unbelieving to settle and establish them in conviction, to rouse vir uh, unvirtuous children, settle and establish them in virtue, to rouse stingy children, settle and establish them in generosity, to rouse foolish children, settle and establish them in discernment. Yeah. And if, if parents do that, then I think that is the best way to care for them, to nourish them and introduce them to this world. Yeah. Because if you establish anyone in this form, they are set for life and in future. They would have planted the basis for future development and enlightenment. No? Yes. And I think um, uh, that, is, that would be the one thing um, we can do for our parents yeah. starting with taking interest in them caring for them talking them to them yeah. uh, spending time with them yeah. spending time with them don't wait until they have passed away uh, then uh, then you think oh uh, I must do this ceremony or do that ceremony I must burn one house two house three house when they are alive, let them stay in your house. 
don't wait until they are they have passed away then you you think of um, burning for them a paper car when they're alive where, wherever they want to go accompany them yeah, yeah accompany them yeah I think it's is a is uh is a very is an is a very empowering um, thing to have uh, uh, house um, to have what you call that to have mates yeah um, but don't let your mate replace you when in taking care of your parents yeah it's one thing for the mate to help us yeah like I see my sister uh, without the mate she would have really struggled with my father. Yeah. So having the mate was very helpful, and that's why we are the whole family. We are very grateful to that mate. Um, but I also see other cases, yeah, uh, where the mate basically replaced parenting, replaced the the role of the children. So I think that that's very sad. Mm. Okay, so let me take a look. That's all I have for today. Uh, let me see whether there's any questions that is being posted. Saikyang says, my mom does not like to take photos as she already like, posts on social media. <laughs> yes. So, <coughs> so parents can have uh, very interesting nuances. Uh. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, well, my mom, my mom. I remember. I think. I think people of the older generation, they, they are quite particular about taking photos. Uh. yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, over time, yeah, over time we can help them. We can uh, help them to overcome that. <laughs> of course. Of course, there will be some students who, after watching this, they may have this thought. Maybe they don't write down, but they may have this thought. But Sifu, I thought you're supposed to teach us to have less attachment for them. Wouldn't take for taking photos uh, bring about attachments? Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I help you all ask questions. Uh. That's true. Uh. Yeah. But isn't taking photos of your children also attachment? <laughs> So this is the thing you see, yeah. I'm not saying all students are the same, uh, yeah. But if if uh, if someone take photos of the children, and then when we ask them to take photos of their parents, and they, then they bring in dharma, then they should ask themselves, then what about taking photos of your children? How about taking photos of the of the food and and ourselves and uh, nice sceneries, yeah. Taking all those photos isn't that attachment. Uh, I remember once, I think there was this book, uh, I think Ajahn Chah's autobiography, uh, Ajahn Chah's biography, not autobiography. 
so there was this incident that was being mentioned that um, there was one day Ajahn Chah was invited to uh, to to uh, a meal and then uh, I think it was uh, I think it, the meal was offered by a Westerner so then the that lay Westerner uh, asked Ajahn Chah how is the food and then Ajahn Chah actually replied uh, quite good <laughs> something like that quite delicious so uh, the students were quite surprised yeah some of them were quite surprised because Ajahn Chah was like re reputed to like never really comment on food like any kind of food offered he also take it he don't really like uh, hanker for a certain kind of food oh this is very delicious that one is not too, too nice yeah so I think in the tech in the in the book it was then uh, said that you know uh, I think perhaps someone actually asked him yeah and he explained I think if I don't recall wrongly and he he, he kind of explained that well because um, while he he don't have much of a uh, he, he don't have that kind of strong craving but out of compassion to that that lay person uh, he commented on the food nonetheless yeah I like to think he didn't lie <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah so when it comes to this yeah um, feel a piety towards our parents don't bring in the ultimate reality and say that say things like oh we should not be attached yeah because the thing is unless unless you are you are ready to get ordained and then you know uh, renounce every every of your possessions and then and go and do your practice huh? yeah otherwise then we it's, it's quite funny yeah, sometimes I, I see I see Buddhists uh, using the Dharma at the at the most inopportune time yeah when it comes to caring for people then they bring in the Dharma when it comes to their craving no Dharma is nowhere to be found <laughs> okay so anyway yeah uh, Mm. So that's uh, some food for thought. Yeah, uh, I think you all can uh, think about what what you think about this sutta. Of course, it, this is not uh, the sutta itself is by the Buddha. Huh? Um, so you can think about uh, how can you actually apply this. How can you actually? Um, help your parents in these four areas and likewise for those who are parents maybe you can also think about how can you help your children yeah, in these four areas how about your spouse yeah? uh, in other texts it talks about spouse also these four qualities yeah, how about your friends do you help your friends to develop in these four areas oh. okay so let's put our palms together and we'll do dedication Yen 
，世世常行菩萨道。阿弥陀佛，来起立。